microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers Three. Derek, Ken, and myself, Mike. What's happening? Uh, Not much. Getting ready for Comic Con 2018. We got what two weeks from now? Actually, a week and a half from when this drops. Yeah. yeah. And we have two days worth of panels and um, other stuff out, ready to go. Which we will get to in a little bit. Oh yeah, um, stuff I, coming. I know it. It's not a major thing for us, um, but I do want to say condolences to the Steve Ditko family uh, for the loss of Steve Ditko, who was one of the creators of Spider-Man, and for for one, true, what's that? A true legend. Yes. 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 I'm I'm sure if we looked, I guess we can look real quick. I wonder if he did have any ties to the original Star Wars comics. I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't remember. Was he still working for Marvel at the time? I don't know. Um... I'm looking up his his work. It does not look like he he did Rom Space Knight. Yeah. But I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not seeing any yeah, he didn't do anything with Star Wars. But he he did do Marvel Superheroes Volume 2 number 8, the debut of Squirrel Girl. Yes. Cool. Sorry. That's a Mighty Marvel geeks. <laughs> Wait, who's Squirrel Girl? Some lame character you don't need to worry about. Yeah. It's almost as bad as turning a duck into a hero. Uh, or some pile of green poop. Named Dupe. <laughs> Dupe the poop. <laughs> so, well, um, how about we get right into it? Big news that came out at, before we started recording today, um, which is Friday the 6th. I, I don't know. Is this actual news or is this? A, I think this is still technically a rumor. Um, I think so. I think it's an, but it's still pretty, pretty big. Yeah. Um, TV icon who, you know, we know her best for her role in Velocity. Um, Carrie Russell is supposedly been added to the cast of episode nine. Um, her the show Felicity, her breakout show, uh, was produced by J.J. Abrams, uh, who is writing episode nine. Uh, the claim, the casting report claims the role calls for action heavy fight scenes, which might have kind of fallen outside of Carrie Russell's wheelhouse until recent years, but roles on The Americans and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes have uh, kind of changed that attitude a little bit. Um, because well, I believe she opened action in uh, Miss Under Impossible 3. I, yeah, she, she did some there too, especially before... 
J.J. Abrams in that one, too. Especially since she lost her head. Sorry. It, it, that movie's been a while yeah, out, so but, spoiler. But she got back. Um, you know, she's stepping into a franchise that is still mourning the loss of Carrie Fisher. Um and will likely be one of the strong female presence in the film uh, to still go and support with uh, with Daisy Ridley as Ray, which I don't know how a lot of people are going to feel about that, but I'm looking forward to it, actually. Uh, I'm curious to see what type of role she has. Um, what if it's a twist and she's part of the First Order? That'd be interesting. So, um, sure. of course, Abrams who directed Force Awakens will be um, back with episode nine has openly said he wished he had not signed on for only one movie and then got his wish when Colin Trevorrow and Lucasfilm parted ways over creative differences, um, opening up the opportunity for him to come back. Um, so, but as part of this though, um, earlier today, Friday the 6th, it was also reported that, um, episode nine might be finding its way back to some familiar Star Wars locales. Yeah. Well, at least, um, filming in locations that have been used before, which begs, why are they going to the same places they've filmed? They're not just the standard locations. Um, now we know episode seven tried to find a balance because a lot of the locations in episode seven felt very similar. Similar to locations we'd seen in the trilogy before, especially right. in the original trilogy, um, with seeing Jakku is very similar to Tatooine. Um, Starkiller base was on a planet that was very similar to Hoth, yep. things like that. Um, <clears throat> and Dakar, um, Dakar that they're on could have been, uh, um, could have filled them for a lot of different places. Actually, it reminded me a little bit of Naboo, the plains of Naboo. Yeah. Or the rebel yeah, base. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you go to, um, oh, where was Maz's castle at? Um, name of the planet. Ooh. Well, that one could have Takana, Takadana, Takadana, Takadana. It was oh, uh, that one could have been similar to Yavin. <laughs> what? <laughs> I said, bless you. Oh, <laughs> for whatever reason, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> to, to give the explanation. <laughs> According to Star Wars, Episode 9 is supposed to, they have a um, source telling them that Episode 9 is going to be filming at least some scenes at the Cardington air sh airship sheds near Bedfordshire New um, in the UK. Um, now, I saw the pictures on Star Wars Newsnet. Um, you guys don't have around there, but um, everybody's seen the Goodyear blimp and all the different blimps around. Oh, well, yeah. the, uh, the air docks or the hangers for them are a different type of hangar than what you'd use for normal planes, obviously, because of the size of what you got to put inside there. Right. Um, these um, airship sheds are like in England. They're uh, usually they're an extremely tall building that has um, very straight on the sides, but they're way taller than a normal hangar, and they have no supports on the inside because obviously you have to be able to fit an airship inside there. Well, um, these sheds, they have multiple ones at this Carrington facility, but uh, the sheds here have been used recently in um, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. They actually built some of the cities inside these sheds. Uh, Dumbo uh -huh. and for Disney have both been filmed there, or Dumbo was as being filmed in, or has been filmed there. Mowgli is going to be being filmed there. Uh, but uh, Yavin or the bases or the airship sheds have doubled as Yavin four for the rebel bases in a new hope and rogue one. Right. So it, it, this leads to rumors and speculation of, are we possibly going to see Yavin four again? We know the rebellion is looking for a base. 
Oh, that would be cool. Could they possibly go back to Yavin 4 and, uh, or not the Rebellion, the Resistance? Could they possibly go back to Yavin 4 and build up um, and refurbish the base that was already there? Okay, before we go any further, you've you done the same thing that I've done. Is it confusing that they didn't keep the name Rebellion for the Resistance? I think just when we're talking about it, <laughs> it is a little de- little weird because um, the First Order, a lot of, it's a lot, Rebellion and Resistance, the words are so close that it's easy to mess them up. First Order and Empire is a lot easier to make a divi- division between them, you know? Right. Right, yeah. So it's just to me, the resistance and the rebellion, they're essentially the same thing. Yeah. Well, the difference sort of. in universe, the difference is the rebellion was actually um, rebelling against the um, established government of the empire. Right. But the resistance was resisting the first order, which are both um, side tangent type of factions that the resistance is not resisting the actual legitimate government. They're technically, if you actually read the books and stuff, they're working unofficially under the um, new or the new republic, they're kind of the new republic knows they're there, and they, the new republic won't sanction them. But it's kind of one of those okay, just don't mess with us, and go as long as you're messing with the first order, you're fine right. type of deal. So there is a fundamental difference in the way the two um, organizations were run, but it because the new republic doesn't actually recognize the resistance, or they didn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, I don't think they officially recognized the First Order either. Yeah, I don't think so either, yeah. They were both basically up-and-coming faction, political factions out there that um, the New Republic was like, you know what, as long as they're not in our – dealing with our planets, you know? Yeah. Because the Resistance was formed yeah. to fight the First Order. And at that point, the First Order was not even a government. They were basically just a military force. Right. Which – and actually, if you look at the end of episode eight, really, that's probably what they want to be the galactic government, but they've not established it or anything. Yeah, right. Which is what we see between eight and nine, I believe. By the time we get to nine, the First Order will have tried to take over, or at least have taken over some planets. Right. And the resistance fighting against the legitimate government. At that point, they would be a rebellion. Well, I, I almost wonder where is the First Order something that has been created by Kylo Ren? No. And, and it ha- no. Or is it created by Snoke with the assistance of Kylo Ren, sort of like the Emperor and Vader? I'm not even sure it was created by Snoke. No, well, Snoke was part of the creation of it. Um, I'm trying to remember which books it was in. Um, I know Bloodlines has uh, a lot of the creation of the First Order in it. Um, I believe the end of the um, Chuck Wendig series has a little bit of the inklings towards it. But it was basically uh, the end yet. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I read the book that actually showed basically the formation of the – and it was basically – Almost a militia to start with mm. that just kept gaining power. And um, these all these former Imperials decided they wanted to keep it going. Like um, General Hux's father was one of the people that helped start the new, the First Order. Right. Well, I think that's all it's, all like it's ever actually been. I don't mm-hmm. think it's gone. I don't think it's gone further than a militia yet, really. Yeah. Well, it's at this point, it's a national standing army, but I, they don't officially represent any legitimate government that we know of. Right. <laughs> That's why Supreme Leader Snoke is the supreme leader of this army, oh, but he's, he doesn't have an actual capital anywhere that I that I know of. Right. This is a lot of stuff that they haven't explained yet at all. Right, yeah. We may get it in episode nine, but more than likely we'll get it in more of the um, tie-in books that are coming at some yeah. point. Okay. Sorry, tangent, but... Yeah, well, no, that's fine. Have... Distance. Did you read Bloodlines, Mike? I'm... St- 
still working on it. A lot of the resistance was created because the New Republic was demilitarizing everything they could. I mean, downsizing mm-hmm. everything they could. They did not want to be a military government, which is what the rebellion was. And when they were fighting the Empire in a war, they needed a military government. Well, moving to a legitimate government, in their opinion, was you demilitarize everything you can. The right. problem is, um, is Princess Leia was one of the major ones. Senator Leia, when it came out that she was Vader's daughter, everybody threw her out anyway. So she's like, well, oh, spoiler. Well, the book's been out for like four years, five years now. Well, yeah, we also known that Leia was Vader's daughter since uh... Return of the Jedi. <laughs> when the rest of the uh, the rest of the universe finds about this, they uh, they get rid of her. But a lot of the people that she had political ties with um, still remember that she's still Leia. Nothing's changed. It doesn't matter who her father was. Right. Which we know anyway, just being Star Wars fans. It just but, um, doesn't matter. But yeah, then I believe it is uh, Bloodlines where they f- get this militias building up and building up. So she finds out through this that um, that there's this militia and something's building. So she ends up leaving the government to uh, build something to fight against this militia that's coming because the New Republic uh, keeps wanting to downsize their military. And Leia is saying, no, we there's a trouble on the horizon. So the resistance was created to protect the um, New Republic, even though the New Republic didn't want it. Right. If that makes any sense. Yes. So and everybody out there listening, all, all of our smuggler friends out there, if I mess this up, let us know. That would be at Wookie at WookieRadio.net. That's right. Or hit us up on Twitter at Wookie Radio on Twitter. But I can say we do officially have an Instagram page. Ooh. Yeah, I saw that. Thanks thanks to Marilyn Gigliotti, who was our guest <laughs> on We Be Geeks last night. <laughs> I learned something new. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, so. there was one other location here, too, that's possibility. Um, the Italian um, iMovies magazine, that's I-M-O-V-I-E-Z magazine, uh, revealed that there's been a casting call for 800 extras in the Como area of Italy for a, quote, American film of international importance. Now, the call is asking, looking for extras of various ages, genders, and ethnicities um, with a scheduled shooting window of late July through August. Okay. Interesting. Um, that area of Italy is actually was used originally to, as a substitute for shooting loca- outdoor shooting locations for Naboo in The Phantom Menace. I was going to say, wasn't that a Naboo site? Mm-hmm. So um, what's the chances we may see Naboo come back, which we've not seen um, any actual scenes on Naboo uh, since the pre- prequels. But um, we did see a CGI insert of it in the special edition of Return of the Jedi at the end with all the celebration footage now. Right. So it'll be interesting to see if possibly or are they going to do like J.J. did in the first film and use these as locations that would be similar to those ones, but it's actually somewhere else. Hmm. Could be. Personally, I'll see some um, original trilogy and prequel trilogy locations show up in this movie. And I definitely want to see more of our older school aliens that we've not been seeing much of. I mean, we've we've had a sprinkling of them in there, but it's like it'd be cool to see a Rodian or two, maybe another other than um, Nine Numb. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Oh, yeah, definitely. On Calamari would be nice. Or um, any of them. Ithorians, those were always cool in the background. Yeah. So, yeah, we know. Um, now, we're not going to get any details, obviously, because the movie doesn't even come out till December of 2019. Mm-hmm. So we got a little bit of time still. We know they're filming. That's all we know so far. And they're right. not even really principal filming yet, have they? They're just doing um, pre-production stuff on filming. 
I location so. scouting app. Yeah, I believe so. so. Yeah, but we do have some hard, a little more hard and firm information about resistance. I'm resisting that. <laughs> oh well, then we can skip it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's actual now. Finally, well, sort of. Um. So we've had a leak online uh, thanks to the Disney France Partners event in 2018 of uh, some character art and other tidbits for Star Wars Resistance. Um, Of course, we know that the series will take place in the early days of the Resistance, uh, and it will serve as a prequel to The Force Awakens. Yep. It's going It's going to center on a new character named Kazuda... How, how, how do you say that? Okay, hang on how a minute. I can that? off of it for a X- second. It's, um, X-I-O-N-O. Kazuda Ziono. I've heard Ziono. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, and so, yeah, a new character named Kazuda Ziono. Uh, and we know that Oscar Isaac and Gwendolyn Christie are coming back to voice Poe Dameron and Captain Phasma. Which is um, cool. You can you can figure out which one's doing which on your own. Um, and it looks like the Resistance series will premiere sometime in October on the Disney XD network. Uh, there's still no firm release date announced yet. But uh, we've with the uh, with the leak from the Disney France Partners event, we've seen character art uh, that includes images of Poe Dameron, Cap. Well, actually, we ha- I haven't seen it, but Poe Dameron, Captain Phasma. Yeah, I've seen a couple of things, but yeah, if you scroll uh, down, it's down. It's down at the bottom. The actual post from Yak Face. Yeah, uh, and BB-8 along with the new character Kazuda. Um, there are two sides of the art, one featuring the resistance and another showing the first order. And on the first order side, we see Captain Phasma featured prominently up front, along with some stormtroopers. And there is an additional red stormtrooper that could very well be Cardinal, who first showed up in the Star Wars Phasma novel by Delilah S. Dawson. Yep. Uh, it would actually make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and there are some other characters on the resistance side of the art, but it's not clear who they are at this time. Um, maybe resistance pilots, maybe? Um, possibly. Most likely, I would think. So hopefully there will be more uh, a more official announcement at the San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, I would guess there would be since, you know, that would be the perfect time for it. Yeah. And, of course, Dave Filoni, uh, who is the showrunner for Clone Wars and Rebels, is back for Resistance. And he he stated that he wanted to make an animated series about a Resistance pilot because of his interest in World War II aircraft and fighter pilots, which makes me very interested in in this show. And it looks like the one ship... The one, the one ship on the resistance side almost looks like a World War II fighter craft. Kind of, yeah. I'm not crazy about the color scheme on it, but it's a cool looking ship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, um, we, what but, we see of it. Yeah. But um, I am very interested in if they do focus on space battles and stuff, fighter battles. I'm going to be very excited about this show. Yeah. Um. So, where was I? Okay. Uh, the Resistance Fire Aircraft is also featured in the leaked art- artwork. 
along with TIE fighters on the First Order side. And says the action is all detailed in an anime style of animation with vibrant colors that Peroni is really excited about in addition to the fighter pilot aspects. And that also is what I'm very excited about. I, something just occurred to me. If you scroll up to the top to the, the Resistance um, mm-hmm. actual artwork that we've already seen, the mm-hmm. one that has fighter craft running, uh, flying on its side. and For the logo? So, that's, huh? You in need the, a logo? or On the logo. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people, in, uh, we, I think we have also say that it looks kind of like an X-Wing, but it's not. Right. I wonder, is this possibly, because we know the um, X-Wings was an evolution after the Z-95. Right. But what's mm-hmm. the chance that um, Incom or whoever it is, that, I forget, I think it was Incom makes the X-Wings officially, um, according to the universe. But could this be a newer version of the Z-95 Headhunter? Could it be. is entirely possible. Yeah. It looks like flat wings. It's very similar body style of an X-Wing. Well, that is the first, that was what popped into my head when I first saw that image so could it's we be like fives and not the new x-wings yeah like an updated could be. could be because it's got the single engine in the back instead of the engines on the wings right yeah and you know what it, it, it'd be interesting if this was in if resistance here is actually about a training squadron and they use z95s to train and Ooh, eventually maybe. up to x-wings that would be interesting but so obviously something happens and they end up getting called up early or something. And they still are flying their Z ninety fives. Because if you look at the actual leaked artwork here, that I think that's the same ship we're seeing there, just in a different different angle. Yeah. But hopefully that's that's uh, that's all we have for informa- information right now. But hopefully we will be getting something more substantial at uh, San Diego Comic Con. We yeah. can hope. We can hope. Well. Um... Some good news coming out of the summer as well, or some more good news. The Boba Fett spinoff movie, or the Boba Fett standalone film, or a Star Wars story, whatever you want to call it, um, could feature an appearance by Alden Ehrenreich's Han Solo. Nice. Uh, from the, from the looks of things, Lucasfilm is keen on having the the. The fan favorite bounty hunter returned to the big screen, uh, and of course, uh, they nearly announced the project um, at Celebration 15, which was was that Anaheim? I think that was Anaheim. Um, yeah, because 16 was in Germany, and then 17 was here. Um, but pulled the plug prior to the panel because of all the issues that went down with him and the fantastic flop. Uh, it was also reported that Logan director James Mangold is going to be calling the shots, uh, co-writing the script with Simon Gimberg. Um, but the film has yet to be confirmed. In the wake of Solo underperforming at the box office, Lucasfilm apparently is reevaluating their strategies for the Star Wars standalones. Uh, this could mean Fett's on the back burner, uh, even though it remains in development. Um, again, like we talked about last week, until we hear it directly from Lucasfilm or Disney, I'm very leery about taking the news that yeah. they're, they're postponing or, or canceling. I just think it hasn't been decided yet between Boba right. Fett and... And Obi Wan, which seemed to be the the front runners, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's things in here that I'm like, wait a minute, this stuff, this wasn't, none of this is official yet. Yeah. Um. Now Daniel Keyes Moran revealed he's 
previously heard from Disney about the possibility of adapting his short story, uh, which is titled The Last One Standing, into a Boba Fett movie. Um, and what it's about is it comes from Legends. So it's some, bringing something from the old EU into the new. Yeah. Um, and it explores Boba's history with uh, Han Solo. Uh, quote from Moran is, I had a guy at Disney email me a couple times over the years regarding Lucasfilm adapting The Last One Standing into a FET movie. Not asking permission, but they owned those works, just letting me know they were thinking about it. So that was kind, but after Solo stiffed, apparently there's some question about the FET movie being made. So That's... Um, that's- I think this is the only story that I well the the legends did a lot of trying to put Boba and Han together but as I've stated before I almost like the idea of them not having any history. Boba Fett's just a bounty hunter collecting a bounty when you see him in Empire. Yeah, I agree. Where it's like it, almost like uh, you're making feels like you're making the universe a little bit smaller by trying to tie these characters together. Yeah, it's like this is a huge universe. Boba may have been working at this entire universe and never even heard of Han Solo before Jabba put a bounty on him. I think if we get a Boba Fett movie, I want to see whether it's an in, potential end credit scene if they do it, or it's one of the last scenes in the movie. I want to see why. Vader tells him in Empire, and this time, no disintegrations. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool if they actually, if they do a Boba movie and did it between episodes four and five, and dur- during the, or at the very end of the movie, as almost like a tag, like um, Han and Chewie and Solo going to Tatooine to meet this bounty hunter, or this um, mob boss. Right. They do this, he actually, it comes up on his screen, this bounty for Han Solo. Or no, that would be before episode four. Or no, it'd be after. Yeah, well, because yeah, in, yeah. in it, the hangar, it sees Han. But at that point, he's not wanted by Jabba. Even if it, even if it takes place, obviously it's going to take place. It, it, it could take place after Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah. Um, it, it very easily could take place during the time period of Rebels. Yeah. Um, in that case, it could take place during episode four. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, with, with Boba Fett, I mean, it could, it could take place almost any time. Yeah. Um, do do we do we want to see the fan theory strung in that it's Boba Fett that kills Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru? No, no, no. He just, he didn't work for the Empire, or he didn't. He was not an agent of the Empire. He would have no reason to do that. Yeah, that was, that was, unless, unless he was hired to try and no. track down the Death Star no. plans. No, I don't know. I don't want to see that. But, no, that was the Stormtrooper squadron that was already on the ground. Right. But I, I would like to see why does Vader say no disintegrations? Well... Is there a history of him disintegrating people? Or did he well, get hired by Vader for something that he disintegrated that's someone? Ass- that's assuming he was necessarily speaking directly to Boba Fett and not just to the whole group in general. Well, he does kind of stop in front of Boba Fett and point at him when he's saying it. Yeah. Sure, but that doesn't mean necessarily that. True. So, well, they um, even here, though, the problem, the, part of the problem with using the last one standing, they can't use the whole thing because it was written in 96 and it had totally different origin for Boba Fett than what's actually out there now. Right. So it was written oh, before. Right, yeah. And it went into some of um, Boba Fett's origin in that short story. Mm, yeah. Last one standing. Actually, that was. Was that one of the ones that is part of um, Tales from Jabba's Palace? I think so. I'm not even sure anymore. Yeah, let me 
search it real quick. So that's pretty much all I got from the Boba Fett movie. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to, it would be cool to see slave one back on the big screen. Uh, I would love to know how he, he takes away from aura Singh. Ah, yeah. Well, this was, a, um, it was in a scholastic book, legacy of the Jedi secrets of the Jedi omnibus. Okay. So it's a scholastic short story. Okay. So, um, so yeah, that's all I got. So, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about the new ship in resistance. Um, but there's other vehicle ship news out there. Well, yes, if you want to consider it that way. <laughs> um, and there's going to be actually moving into the video game realm. There's going to be an update on Battlefront 2 that is going to feature heavily on um, starships. And, uh, oh, actually, it looks like the update has already come out. Uh, and it's going to feature new ways to rank up the hero ships, uh, new stu- new starfighters, and even a new player mold, mode. Excuse me. New player mold. Ew. <laughs> Hold on. The page is acting up. <laughs> ah. Uh. One second. There we go. Empire uh, frequencies. I just saw the giant jar flying through the air. <laughs> <laughs> it's raspberry. So uh, EA revealed on their blog the latest revamps to Battlefront 2, uh, including an epic new showdown for fans to enjoy. And uh, to quote them, this month we're bringing you intense space battle action and a brand new way to progress your hero ships in the form of Hero Starfighters, a new eight-player mode featuring Star Wars, Ziz, most heroic pilots, dogfighting against each other in elimination showdowns. Okay. And again, hold on, the page has frozen on me. No. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you. Well, it went all the way to the bottom. All right, here we go. Uh, Meanwhile, heroic battles taking place on land will be looking a lot more cinematic. Uh, The update continues. You will now be able to turn lightsabers on and off with a push of a button for all heroes carrying them. That's funny. You think they would have included that a long time ago. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't know the way the controls work on it, but doesn't that basically take a button that could be doing something else? I guess. Uh, lightsaber combat. Mm. Lightsaber combat doesn't only look and feel better, but plays better as well with the addition of a stamina count to the lightsaber blocking function. Uh, so it says there uh, also have been quality of life improvements. That have been made an effort to honor their promise of every update providing this sort of attention. So there are new features to the HUD on Hero Showdown in an effort to make strategizing even easier. And um, they have a list of all of the updates, but it's a huge list, so I'm not going to go over all of it. I'll just uh, I'll just mention a couple of really cool ones. Of course, they added a new hero starfighters mode. Um, says they added the Soliston appearance to resistance and rebel version of the assault class. Uh, added ability for players to swap their appearances pretty round. That's cool. The stamina counter on the lightsaber. Uh, turning the lightsaber on and off. Uh, redesigned daily quest system. Um, 
they added a Yavin map on Jetpack Cargo. Um, cool. real quick, you you play Battlefront Two, right? No. Oh, okay. I'm wondering. I've not played two yet. What gameplay functionality does turning lightsaber on and off do? You know what I mean? This makes it cool. It's a bat. I know it's a battle game, so it's like you want to have your lightsaber open for to fight. Well, uh, maybe. It might affect the way you move through the field, perhaps. Or, you know, if you're trying to be stealthy or something, it's kind of hard to be stealthy with a giant light sword. Yeah. It's my big glow rod. Yeah. So is they fix a couple issues, too. Um, they fix an issue on the PS4. Light side heroes could lose the functionality of the basic attack if they were caught in a Vader and Palpatine ability chain. Uh, well, they fixed some stuff with the Emperor. Like his main lightning ability that took too long to recharge. They fixed that. Uh, they fixed Palpatine's chain lightning not working on close targets. Uh, they fixed an issue with Ray's dash strike ability. They fixed an issue with Chewbacca's charge slam that could last indefinitely if the player rolled and fired at the same time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they fixed an issue where Bosk's Dioxus could damage players inside the AT-AT. They fixed a lip-syncing issue for Lando. Uh, ah, they fixed an issue on PC where the player got concussed by the grenade that Boba Fett uses when the grenade was deployed within less than 20 meters. They fixed some audio lines for young Han Solo. Uh, they fixed a couple of things on Darth Maul. His regen rate, his cooldown, uh, his cloaking cooldown. And they fixed some stuff on Lando Duncan that just came out recently. Um, so that's good. Okay. <laughs> they, fi- they, like, they fixed an issue on PS4 with the kill cam not being displayed after having been killed by Lando's Millennium Falcon. Because, you know, you want to see the kill cam. Right. <laughs> they fixed some TIE Fighter stuff, some Boba Fett Slave 1 stuff, Kylo Ren's TIE Silencer stuff, Darth Vader's TIE. Luke Skywalker's Red 5, Yoda's Starfighter, some really Poe Dameron ship, Ray's Falcon. They fixed a whole bunch of stuff on here, which is interesting. A pretty long list of stuff to, of um, fixes. Yeah. yeah. And a couple of game mode f- changes and Galactic Assault, Blast, Hero Showdown, Starfighter Assault, etc., etc. Ewok Hunt. They fixed an issue where the defeat prompt would be triggered when reaching the shuttle while the overtime was less than 10 seconds away from ending the match. Okay. So, Jabba's Palace. Yeah, they fixed a whole bunch of stuff. Um, And you can can check the list on comicbook.com if you want to see the whole list. It's a really huge... It's a huge list that almost makes the game seem like it was really broken. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was. Well, I think a lot of this is stuff that um, players found. That no matter yeah. how testing you do, you're going to find there's glitches in the game. Right? Yeah. So I'm sure. Yeah. So that's probably just some of the stuff that people complained about. Yeah. Cool. But the uh, I like the whole hero ship battle thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to see it uh, coming in. It's it's one of the things as frustrating as it was for me in uh, the early Battlefront 2. Um, I was glad to see the all that coming back in, in the new Battlefronts. Mm-hmm. So, um, speaking of coming back, uh, San Diego Comic-Con is coming back. 
And oh, yeah. uh, we have quite a bit of Star Wars news there. Oh, yeah. Well, the schedules for Wednesday night's preview night, Thursday and Friday are out. And um, Star Wars, on Wednesday night, anybody who um, gets a chance to get out to Comic-Con, you can experience zero Star Wars things on Wednesday. <laughs> that's okay, because on Thursday, we got four different panels. And on Friday, there's 15 panels all for yeah. Star Wars. Yeah. It looks like Friday right now, Friday is Star Wars Day, which I think that's what it was last year, wasn't it? Uh, I thought it was spread out more. Yeah, and um, I, we may have to wait till next week for it, but there's also, um, now I got all this off of Jedi News, so you guys could head over there and check it out also, but um, they actually had a roundup of um, all the different items that are going to be exclusives to Comic-Con for Star Wars, and I have like 18 different things on there, so we may not be able to get to that till next week, and next week, we, by next week, we will have the Saturday and Sunday schedules also. Yeah. Well, but at the moment, well, go ahead. I, I was going to say, uh, like, with, if, are you getting started? and go into the actual schedules? Yeah, that's where I'm headed right now. Okay, then never mind. Why? I'll let you do your thing. Why? What were you thinking? I, I was going <laughs> to go touch on some of what's coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. Stuff. Sorry. Great stuff. This is one that I think next week we may um, maybe most of the show on Comic-Con because of just looking at the exclusive stuff coming. We're going to want to drool all over our mics for the whole show, I think. <sighs> We're looking for the Smugglers Alliance. Anybody out there who's going to conventions this summer to um, to send us an email, let us know what it was like at the shows. I mean, you guys are going to be able to get out to the shows that we can't get out to. We'll cover the ones we can. But if we're, you're going to a show that we're not going to, let us know. Even if you're going to a show that we are going to. Exactly. Oh, especially if we're going to be there. I mean, come out and say hi. So, uh, so. Thursday, we start off Thursday uh, with the pa the panel we talked about last week, I believe, the celebrate 10 year, the 10th anniversary of Star Wars, the Clone Wars with Dave Filoni. Um, this is from 1145 to 1245 on Thursday, the 19th in room 6BCNF. So it sounds like it's one with like a corded air wall so that they just move them out of the way. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about this. This was Filoni talking about the 10 years of Star Wars. He's going to have a bunch of friends there with him. Uh, the next one they have on here is actually not a Star Wars panel, but it's Once Upon a Time Forever. Or Once Upon a Forever. Um, and it's the panelists talking about the enduring appeal of fairy tales and other classics of speculative fiction and the importance of the choices authors make in retelling them. And that one of the featured authors on this panel is E.K. Johnson, who wrote Star Wars Ahsoka. Uh, the next one is actually, and that's from um, 11 th or 1.30 to 2.30 in the Horton Grand Theater. Remember, this is all on Thursday. Right. But the next one from 3 to 4, E.K. Johnson, they're having a spotlight on E.K. Johnson in room 23 ABC. Um, and it's E.K. Johnson talks about her career from a, from small town Ontario to a galaxy far, far away. And she's going to be um, joined by Sam Miggs, who's written Wonder Woman and Girl Squad uh, for this session. And the last one they have on Thursday is going to be a fun one. The 501st Legion Star Wars Villainous Costuming. This is from 8 to 9 p.m. in the Grand 1 and 2 Marriott Marquis San Diego Marina. And this is an introduction to the creative, creation of fan-made cost, villain costumes from all 10 Star Wars movies and beyond. Legion members from the Imperial Sands and the Star Garrisons uh, will provide an overview of the creative process that brings Stormtroopers, Tusken Raiders, Boba Fett, or Kylo Ren from the silver screen into reality. Uh, Dean Amschultz from the, is the member Membership liaison for the Imperial Sands Garrison will discuss the membership journey from initial interest through final approval. Then you got Kevin Weir, uh, who's, let me see, the owner of Imperial Surplus Armor and KW Designs is going to relate his process of working with armor parts, 
Howard Smart, who is another Inspiro Sands member, is going to be speaking about small prop and soft costume construction. Sean Fields from the Star Garrison will discuss 3D modeling and printing. And then Todd Mullen is bringing it all around at the end. He's the Imperial Sands commanding officer. He's moderating the whole panel, and then they'll have a Q&A session afterwards. So anybody who wants to know about costuming, this is your first panel for Star Wars. And it's brought to you by the 501st, which if you want to know costuming for Star Wars, these are the guys you talk to. Uh, but that's all that we have for Thursday. Friday is Star Wars Day. Yes. Yeah. We start off 10.30 a.m. till 12.30 a.m. So it's a two-hour panel. We have the Her Universe Workshop and the Santa Rosa Room, Marriott Marquis San Diego Marina. Uh, so it's, do you want to get into the, the business of geek fashion? Calling all designers, artists, lawyers, and entrepreneurs. The founder of, geek, of Her Universe, Ashley Eckstein, takes a deep dive into the business behind some of your favorite brands. Join Joining Ashley will be Trevor Schultz, founder of Loungefly, Cindy Levitt, the senior VP of licensing at Hot Topic, uh, Teresa Mercado, VP of product development at Hot Topic, and Professor Susan Scafidi, founder and director of the Fashion Institute or Fashion Law Institute at um, Fordham Law School. So this is going to be anybody who's um, this is your behind the scenes look at how to do geek fashion. If you ever want to know what's it take to go from the drawing to actually getting it into the store. Right. Um, next that's up. pretty cool. Yeah, that's a, I've not seen a panel like this one. This is a, like awesome. Uh, the next one we have is Star Wars Collectibles uh, from 11 till noon in room 7 A and B, hosted by Lucasfilm's Brian uh, Merton. This panel showcases all of the coolest new and upcoming releases from Anovos, Bandai, EFX, General Giant Studios, Kotobukiya, Sideshow Collectibles, and a surprise and a surprise panelist. Ooh. Maybe, Ooh. maybe uh, Uncle Steve. Maybe. If you want collectibles, I mean, Steve Sansui would be the guy. Yep. We will find out, though. Well, I will. I will say with Kota Bayuka, uh, I really love the the Emperor Royal Guard three pack. That, yeah. That thing's pretty awesome. And, and there's well, a review of it on uh, on WookieRadio.net. I gotta go wa- go watch that video. But the cool thing with this Star Wars collectibles panel, um, the panel concludes with some very cool raffle prizes. So some of the stuff you're going to see on the stage, I'm assuming they're going to be raffling off at the show. I don't uh, think so. Yeah. Next up, behind the design, Star Wars Fashion Collaborations. Uh, this is from noon to 1 o'clock in room 7A and B. It's um, and th- A lot of these uh, panels for this day are in room 7AB. This is Star Wars has always been the forefront of geek chic fashion, or the geek chic fashion movement by bringing iconic characters and stories to life through the lens of modern fashion. Over the past decade, the portfolio of brand partnerships has grown significantly, allowing fans all over the world to celebrate their passions for the brand with more than just t-shirts. Get a behind-the-scenes look at the design and development process of Star Wars fashion and accessories with creative leads of some of the most popular collaborations to date. So this is another one of your behind-the-scenes fashion. So any geek fashion people out there, this year is going to be huge for you. Right. Uh, The next one that has anything to do with Star Wars at all is called um, Comics, Comics Con Comics Live. It's from noon till 2 at the Neil Morgan Auditorium in San Diego Central Library. Um, now, this show, it's the show where the greatest comic minds meet the greatest minds in comics. Oh, the greatest comic minds. 
Yeah, and it returns to San Diego Comic-Con for the ninth year. Host Tim Powers and Vito Labricola. Welcome comedians Danny Franz, Tom Frick, Frank, uh, and Clee Wiggins and Ed Gear, or Greer for a spirited panel covering the Avengers, Star Wars, and everything geeky in between. Uh, worlds will li- Worlds will live, worlds will die, and nothing will ever be the same. But at the same time... <laughs> Back in room uh, 7A and B from 1, 1 o'clock till 2 in the afternoon is the Hasbro Star Wars panel. This should have a lot of cool stuff. Yes. And it's basically what you expect. is the members of Hasbro and Lucasfilm teams talking about the popular Star Wars line. Um, attendees will get an in-depth look at the Hasbro's latest action figure officer offerings. And um, according to, it says word on the holonet, but this is expect this every time, is Hasbro's going to have some surprises. They're going to show some exclusives or some new stuff that you've not not seen yet. Then, oh, of course. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, That'll right. Probably after, good stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. Right after that, in the same room is the Disney and Lucasfilm Publishing stories from a galaxy far, far away. This is from two to three. Um, which I absolutely it, loved at uh, at Celebration. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, I've liked most of the new books that have come out. Yeah. It, it was it was a cool panel at Celebration. How they they brought in, they talked a little bit about how things came about and what's coming as, as much as they could talk about. So, yeah, cool. Well, this is Michael Sligan or Sigland, who's the director uh, creative of Disney Lucasfilm Publishing and surprise panelists share preview and exclusive announcements about what should be your must read list from Star Wars Publishing. And the surprise panelists are more than likely going to be your um, the different authors of what books are coming out. I would not be surprised to see a um, certain Timothy Zahn show up on this one since Thrawn is coming out. Right after Comic-Con. See that. Then there's a couple other ones that are not direct Star Wars. Uh, like the Film Threat Podcast Live is at the Neil Morgan Auditorium in San Diego Central Library from 2 to 3. Um, and it's a special live edition of the Film Threat Podcast uh, where they will have the Last Jedi debate. Um, so they're going to be basically debating on their show, The Last Jedi. Um, now, if you mentioned that we know that it's been a very mixed, uh, a very mixed reception to The Last Jedi. And they're going to debate the pros and cons, I guess, if you're interested. Um, Next is back in room 7AB from 3 to 4. You have judges on the law of The Last Jedi and Solo. Star Wars and the law go together like Han Solo and Chewbacca. The panelists or this panel of judges discuss the legal issues from The Last Jedi, Solo, and unexplored regions of the Outer Rim. Did Luke Skywalker have a legal obligation to save the galaxy from the First Order? (laughs) What's the legality of underground droid fights? Could the caretaker sue Rey for dropping a boulder on their cart? Has Han, or was Han right when he shot first? Find out when court is in session with Judge John B. Owens of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, Magistrate Judge Stacey um, Beckerman, Magistrate Judge... Mitch Demblin, um, California Judge Carol Najira, New York Judge Matthew Schiarino, and Paul Grewell, who is a former magistrate judge and now deputy general counsel and VP of litigation at Facebook. It's moderated by attorneys Jessica um, Meterson and Joshua Gilliland of the Legal Geeks. So all you um, law geeks out there, which I know there's a lot of Star Wars um, fans that are law geeks also, this would be a fun one for you. Yeah, that does actually sound fun. 
<laughs> um, next up, once again, back in the same room, 7 a.m. From 4 till 5 in the afternoon, you get the science of Star Wars. Ever wonder Ooh. if lightsabers work one day in reality? Now, this one I've heard, they've done this before, and it, it's always a great panel. People love this show, this one. Um, is Are you curious about Star Wars droid, or um, about what Star Wars droid NASA would take into space? Is there a form of fuel that would keep the resistance out of the reach of the First Order fleet? Well, the expert panelists, Kim Stedman, um, systems engineer for NASA JPL, Emily Manor Chapman, systems engineer for NASA JPL, um, Kieran Dickin- Dixon, uh, editor of CometTV.com and MGM Studios, uh, Fawn Davis, Star Wars production designer, Travis Langley, editor of Star Wars Psychology, Stephen Huff, fight choreographer and weapons expert, Elliot Sirota, VFX expert, and hosted by Jenna Bush, who um, was the creator of Legion of Leia, act as your Borg Gulet into... Oh, that act as your poor gullet into the mind of the Star Wars creators and break down the science behind the galaxy far, far away. It says Q&A's questions and giveaways will follow. Okay. So a couple more for the rest of the day here. Um, coming up at five o'clock then in the Grand Nine at the Marriott Marquis San Diego Marina. You get I'll Take Dementors for 500, Obi-Wan, a fan game show, Heroes and Villains Edition. This is something that's been at Comic-Con before. It's coming back again. It's San Diego Comic-Con's fans test their knowledge in this game show, competing head-to-head with fellow fans and best-selling authors in categories like The Dark Side um, and Winter is Coming. Using audio clips from the Star Wars, Game of Thrones, and Harry Potter audiobooks. The Star Wars narrator Mark Thompson will host in character as Obi-Wan Kenobi and select a few lucky audience members to compete on stage alongside the authors. That's awesome. Mark Thompson does great audiobooks. Yeah, that would be oh, very yeah. cool. Um, then returning back to the convention center in room 7AB again from 5 o'clock till 6 o'clock in the afternoon, you get the women of Star Wars. For the past oh, 40 cool. years, Star Wars Galaxy has expanded into a remarkable rate, or at a remarkable rate. Behind the scenes, creators have worked to round the gal- that galaxy out and to maintain cultural relevancy by appealing to new fans from different walks of life. Authors E.K. Johnson and from that did Star Wars Ahsoka again, and um, Zoriata Cordova from a certain that did from a certain point of view, along with other panelists, discussed the impact of a more inclusive Star Wars from the writers to the animators to, of course, the characters you know and love. Now, right. if I remember right, Celebration last year wasn't this one of the panels that Dave Filoni helped with? Yes, was this one that gave um, the Force of, or the uh, Destiny of the the Force of Destiny figures to yes. the girls. Yes, this is where all that was introduced. Mm-hmm. Then uh, next up, right after that, like I said, this room is just every panel is Star Wars. So pack a lunch, get in there in the morning, and just ride it out. <laughs> Make sure you have that catheter bag. Yes. Star Wars fans in America's finest city. From 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. in room 7AB, members of the San Diego chapters of the 501st Rebel Legion, Mandalorian Mercs, and Droid Builders discuss their love of a galaxy far, far away, or discuss how their love of a galaxy far, far away led to volunteerism in San Diego and across Southern California. Then following that up, you get Star Wars tourism, visiting a galaxy far, far away on Earth. From 7 till 8 in the same room in 7AB, 
from the deserts of Tunisia to California to the glaciers of Norway to the coast of Ireland, Star Wars filming sites are the new travel destination. James Floyd, contributor to Star Wars to the Star Wars website and Star Wars Insider, Ash Crosden, host of um, ET Online, and uh, Carla Teeter Stewart, director of the Imperial County Film Commission. Will help you learn about where to go, how to get there, and how to get the most out of it uh, with your fellow Star Wars fans. Then after that, we get back into some fun. We get a Star Wars mock trial, the court martial of Poe Dameron from eight till nine p.m. in room seven AB, and we get this would be huh? interesting. Yeah, well, we get the legal geeks get to come back. And um, the Rebel Legion, uh, the Legal Geeks and the Rebel Legion Sunrider, Sunrider base present a mock court martial of everybody's favorite, favorite X-Wing ace, Poe Dameron. Based on the events of The Last Jedi, Poe stands accused of disobeying General Leia Organa and leading a mutiny aboard the Resistance flagship Radis against Vice Admiral Amelin Holdo. Lawyers from the for the prosecution and defense, including U.S. Army JAG attorney, a, a U.S. Army JAG attorney, um, will take on Poe's case in front of the United States Magistrate Judge Mitch Demlin or Demden. Um, Participating attorneys include Steve Chu, Thomas Harper, Christian Peak, and Megan Hitchcock, with Rebel Legion members Rachel Williams as uh, General Leia Organa and Marcus Holt as Poe Dameron. They're going all into that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Last panel for the day is the Star Wars trivia game panel in the same place, room 7AB, from 9 p.m. till 10 p.m. As members of the San Diego Star Wars Society, um, veteran hosts of trivia panels at Comic Con International since 2002, have prepared an even more challenging contest this year for fans who think they know everything about a galaxy far, far away. Returning nah, it's very nice. game round for kids age 5 to 11, in which every kid gets a prize. Uh, following will be three adult game rounds from ages 12 and up. All game rounds are conducted in a last man standing format. Come test your knowledge and you may win some some of thousands of dollars of prizes provided by Star Wars licensees. It's hosted by Leo Hornado, Linda Crispin, Brendan Prout, uh, Carlos Munoz, Felicia Nicaza, and Colin Gomez. Okay. That is your day for Friday. So, and like I said, Saturday and Sunday are not out yet. Yeah. So, I can only imagine. Yeah. Do we want to touch on these, or do we want to wait till next week to get the exclusives? Um, I'm this, I, I'm looking through here. Day like, on this. Some of the highlights uh, from Hallmark: the Lando and Lobot keepsake ornament two pack. Yeah. Uh, General Giant, the Boba Fett twelve inch jumbo figure from Return of cool. the Jedi. Uh, from Hasbro, <laughs> the one that I think stills. The exclusives completely. The Vintage Collection Afra comic set. Mm. Um, not saying, but I'm saying. Um, others. Delray, I want this $45 exclusive hardcover edition of um, Thrawn Alliance. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. With, uh, um, a pin of, Grand, of Thrawn's Grand Admiral insignia and a um, tote bag. Yeah. Uh, I would love the Lego Solo cockpit set. Uh, oh, yeah. Loungefly has got the Porg mini backpack. Pre-barbecued. We can um, fix that. There's also a... Uh, this is kind of cool. There is, from Hasbro, the uh, 
It's a Porg Millennium Falcon from the Racer Battle Rollers. And this thing's kind of cool. So it's the Falcon with a Porg sitting in or coming up out of the top gunner section. So those are some of the, the top ideas that are out there. We see they have a Funko of um, of Cad Bane available. Yeah. I want to say they had it at Celebration as well. I don't remember. And we know Hasbro has your three-pack. your three pack. Right. Right, yeah. So, well, do we have anything else? I have one thing, just a quick little thing. I saw this today, and I thought it was interesting. It's from Sideshow Collectibles, and it is a life-size BB-8 figure. Okay. Now... Let me give you an official description on this. Sideshow is proud to present the BB-8 life-size figure, an exciting new addition to the realm of Star Wars collectibles. The BB-8 life-size figure captures the presence of the rolling resistance droid who comes to life for fans everywhere in Star Wars The Force Awakens. This lovable, spherical droid measures 37 inches tall from the bottom of the Star Wars thematic base to the top of the antennae. BB-8 is detailed with orange and silver paneling on both his round body and head, painted with weathering effects to bring all the action of the galaxy to your collection. The fiberglass astromech has a repositionable head dome and the body can be shifted in different positions on his base. Uh, It also can be activated to display lights in the body and head and the figure includes a sound feature for recreating the distinct boops and beeps of the iconic droid. And you can activate all all these features with the included remote control. And of course, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's only $3,950, limited edition. Or you can... It's interesting, yeah, at that price. And being that this is fiberglass with lights and stuff inside, this is a really expensive Star Wars lamp. Yeah. And (laughs) it also has payment plans from $592.50 a month. Yes. Uh, comes comes out in January to March 2019. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. But, you know, nothing I'll ever actually get my hands on. Yeah. If I just, thought it, was, it, now, was, I just thought it was really cool. Yeah. Well, if you start saving now, you might be able to get it before you turn 50. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it's a limited edition, so probably not before it sells out. I will, I will, if you buy it, have it delivered here if it's cheaper, and I will bring it to you at Celebrations or at uh, Galaxy's Edge when it opens next year. Mm, can I be guaranteed that you will actually bring it and not yes. keep it for yourself? <laughs> yes, I will bring it. I can't, I can't promise you Zoe won't keep it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I don't think I have anything else. I think it's all I had for this week because we are, like I said, um, we're going to be keep looking for more of uh the news out of coming up for comic-con uh and also the last thing i have is just remember guys we are looking we would love to hear um from other conventions where reports what is going on out there what is the empire doing what is the rebellion doing out in these other conventions let us know very much so yes and if you're um, interested, contact us at WeBeGeeks at, or not WeBeGeeks. At WeBeGeeks. WookieRadio at WookieRadio.net. So. And if you go to WookieRadio.net, you'll find um, our contact information. You'll find uh, Mike's, you put up that video of um, the Kotobukiya figure, right? Yes. The review. Yeah. 
So you yep. got that up there. You got our sponsors pages, all the links on the sides for all of our friends. Check it all out, guys. Come check us out at wikiradio.net. Uh, I'm also going to say, too, we have uh, – I'm in the process um, of trying to figure out how to get it on the site. But – Wookie Radio hockey jersey, and I might be able to get I might be able to get some T-shirts that look that are done with the same shoulder pattern and the stripes uh, the stripes at the cuff as well. Um, I'm looking into pricing on that, but the jerseys are going to run about the same price as you as if you were going to buy a Kevin Smith jersey um, or some some other folks, and pricing is going to be about ninety nine dollars. But everything's fully sublimated, which means it's heat pressed into the fabric so the colors will never run the colors will never fade unless you wash with bleach which you don't do um and with that you have the option of either your name or no name on the jersey but the jersey will have the number 16 on the back and sleeves so so that is coming and why will it have 16 on it because that's the year we started there you go um, you, you might have seen another jersey that looks like Chewbacca's fur. That will be uh, for Patreon once we get the Patreon page straightened up. Because I'm combining the three podcasts on it. So that's where we stand there. Um, any other final thoughts? I have one more thought. And uh, since we now have an Instagram, maybe I'll put this up on Instagram. But I'll try to show you guys. I don't know how well you see it. But I picked this up today. It is the from the Hot Wheels collection. It oh. is the concept Tie Fighter. See oh, that? nice! Yeah, um, and if, on the back it has it has uh, a concept Star Destroyer, X-wing fighter, the concept Millennium Falcon, which looks like um, the Rebel Blockade Runner, and the concept Land Speeder. That I want to get all of those, so I could put those pictures of that up on on the uh, Instagram page, so you guys can see it. Cause it's oh really yeah, cool. uh, I know. I saw. Um... I saw the uh, the X-Wing one uh, from the gentleman who helped design all that for the films. Mm. So uh, I can't remember his name at the moment. Hot Wheels has a nice collection of, of uh, Star Wars ships yeah. that I've been collecting. They're really cool. Yeah. They kind of took over for the titanium line. Yeah, basically, yeah. I remember they brought they put those out about the same time as they were putting out um ha- or Hot Wheels wasn't doing it, but I think it was Hasbro was putting out the micro machines. I remember uh, looking yeah. at the micro machines and saying, "No, these are just look way they're not the classic micro machines. The classic micro machines actually detail and stuff. The yeah. new ones they put out is basically just a little chunk of plastic." Yeah. Yeah. Like this the line, though. It's pretty good. It has some good details. Yeah. <clears throat> I have probably uh, separated from the beginning of the Hot Wheels ships line. Yeah, I've been collecting a lot of them lately. I just nice love can collect it's like three or four bucks yeah yeah it's cheap and yeah. easy and they're really good designs and and Any it's star wars so. talking at 10 bucks or so even for the small ones oh yeah yep. yeah yeah that gives us quick well i i know um they had the the vader car at celebration uh but you also got your photo with but yeah and you also got your photo with a x-wing ship car one of the oh, x-wing cool. ship cars uh we're not talking the little itty bitty we're talking full size right yeah <laughs> um and, it, and it's not the one that's actually got the wings up i think i think i have a copy of it on uh or there should be a photo of it on maybe the weeby geeks facebook page um i will try 
I think I might remember seeing it. Because we did it a couple times. Um, and got Zoe's picture with it as well. So it, it was pretty cool. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Mm. So uh, anything else? I think that's all I had. That's all I got. That's it for me for well, now. Only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jinx, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs>